Mega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I'm joined by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday morning? I am doing particularly uh, average. I don't know. It's a pretty average day. Nothing nothing new. Uh, the days blur together, as always. I feel like I've even said that more than enough times over the past few months as this ongoing global pandemic continues. So it's this whole working from home thing, it's yeah. just like so strange, especially at least in my case, because like my hours are kind of what I want them to be now. So it's, it's like, what, what day is it? What time is it? Yeah. I, should I be working? Should I not be? I definitely feel that because actually, now that you mentioned that I did have to do, I was working on a project for work throughout the weekend into like early Monday morning. And then, so my sleep schedule is all messed up from that. So I feel like I've been working for the past over the past week just because of that but then i had a day off last week so my my work's like f- the whole feel like the time a presence and time i can't even put words together um feels off and i'm sure my sleep schedule is off but yeah i definitely agree it's that uh it's that work from home kind of making everything you know become one in that kind of way kind of blending together but that being said i am excited to talk some metroid to kind of you know mix things up a little bit if it's one thing you can always count on to to keep you grounded, it's Omega Metroid on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. <laughs> at least we have that to go. Uh, dude, it is like a million degrees in Calgary. It's so hot. Uh, it's, it's, I feel gross and sticky, and uh, you know I'm I'm not sleeping because it's too hot. And we're Canadians. We're not built for this heat either. Like we're used to the cold. So uh, I'm gonna sweat through this episode. But I am also really excited to talk about some Metroid today. Uh, before we get there, though. Let's spend just a little bit of time and talk about the Indie Direct that happened this morning. Uh, Nintendo, of course, came out of absolutely nowhere yesterday and said, like, hey, by the way, there's going to be an Indie Direct that's happening tomorrow. Uh, Make sure you tune in. I always really love these Indie Directs. I'm a big fan of, like, just kind of, like, indie games because I feel like they're simpler and they're cheaper. And, you know, you I feel like you often get your value from them. So I was really excited about this one. Um... A couple titles I was hoping to see didn't show up, but, uh, you know, a pretty solid presentation overall. Uh, a couple games stuck out to me, Dak. Did anything... Uh, you said you weren't paying too, too close attention to this, but did anything... Did you hear anything that stuck out to you? Uh, I didn't watch it. The only thing that I heard about was the... Which actually sounds cool. The Untitled Goose Game DLC, where they added, like, they're adding a co-op mode and some other stuff for free. So I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I'd love to play Untitled Goose Game with a buddy. So that's the only thing I heard about. I didn't see anything else. I saw you talking about how there wasn't Axiom Verge 2, which I was like, oh, okay. I didn't I didn't expect to see it, but I didn't have any expectations at all. So when I didn't see it or hear anything about it, uh, nothing in my life changed. But would have been cool to, you know, get some news on that game. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it, <laughs> but Untitled Goose Game is cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming out physically too, which I'm pretty excited mm. about. Uh, I think I'll I I had it on my wish list, but I you know haven't uh, haven't pulled the trigger yet. So I think I'll just buy the physical edition. Yeah, I I was really hoping that we would see Axiom Verge too, because I mean as of right now, it's still scheduled to release in the fall of 2020, and I don't know you know if the game is still on track for that or not. You know, we really haven't heard anything about it since the. Indie Direct way back when, where they showcased Axiom Verge 2 in the first place. But I'm thinking, like, okay, well, if it's still coming out in the fall, this would have been a great place 
to to show it off. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of Axiom Verge, and I'm really excited about that. But we didn't get it, and uh, not only did we not get Axiom Verge, we didn't get Hollow Knight Silk Song either, which is mm. another big one that I'm looking forward to, um, which I also believe is scheduled for fall 2020. But, you know, who knows what the release date for anything is nowadays, unfortunately. So those were two uh, heavy hitters that... You know, heavy Metroidvania hitters at that that didn't show up. So, uh, yeah, I was I was a little bit let down for that. But I did think that what we were shown was pretty good. There was a little something for everybody. Um, the couple games that caught my eye were uh, uh, God, I'm gonna butcher the name. I think it was uh, uh, Raja or something like that. Um, it was it was kind of like set in um, India and it had like some really wicked like Indian style music to it. Looked like a really cool kind of platformer. And, uh, man, this game caught my eye probably the most. It was called Evergate. And this looks exactly, exactly like Ori in the Blind Forest. Like, down to a T. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess if you're going to steal, steal from the best. But I'm excited for that. That one, and it actually is out today. So I might... Uh, I might scoot on over and uh, and purchase that later today and, and give it a spin and see if it's uh, even half as good as Ori is. So, yeah. Oh, um, you know, I actually... Well, uh, I was trying to think. Maybe, maybe there was one more that I heard of. But, yeah, I did, I did hear about Evergate, maybe from your tweet, and people mentioning there was no Silk Song, which that does suck. But, yeah, this is one of those things where... I'm kind of here. I want to hear about some first-party Nintendo games, and I feel bad for some of these. Well, I don't feel entirely bad because I feel like the reception for a lot of these games is good, and it's great that they uh, get to showcase their games. But I do feel bad. Nintendo kind of sets them up to like be hounded by people on the internet because it's not a like a first-party Nintendo Direct because that's like what, yeah. what everybody wants, especially because they've released literally like two first-party Nintendo games over the past eight months. So it's like. You're kind of setting them up to be in that position where they're never going to live up to the expectations of, like, an actual direct. And that's, like, it's like a read-the-room situation. Like, as much as the indie games are cool, like, you got to give us something else. Because, at least for me, like, the indie games are, are neat for the most part. And there are some standouts, obviously. Like, if there was Silk Song or Axiom Verge 2 and, you know, Untitled Goose Game is standout, of course. But at that point, that's kind of a very mainstream indie game. Uh, it almost doesn't even feel like an indie game at this point. But... You know, I, I for me, I need some. I need something more substantial. I didn't even bother really watch this because there's really no anticipation for it. Nintendo doesn't even really tell me what I'm supposed to be expecting. So I feel like if I'm gonna, if I'm really invested in this kind of stuff, I can just go on Twitter and see the highlights there anyway. Which is what I even do with with main Nintendo directs too. So I don't know. I, I need some more from Nintendo. I want to hear something about another like a big game coming out. That being said, happy to see these indie devs. Um, you know, get their time in the spotlight and i like the showcase like i saw the last one i like how they do it where they they give us a little like a little introduction to the developers you kind of see who's working on it and they do like a a highlight reel or trailer and then they go into like what you know why you should play this game and all that kind of stuff and what's cool about it and you know as as opposed to some of the bigger like you watch like a microsoft or sony one and you get like uh, you know, uh, a rendered like cutscene or yeah, trailer. or trailer yeah. or like it's 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 gets shown and you don't even get to see like the cool parts of the game. You see like a little portion of it. So I like how they do that. But yeah, I really want something more substantial. And it would have been cool if we heard some Axiom Verge two or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a unique situation because you know we're just so starved for Nintendo news. We didn't get E three, so like 
you know, I think that generally speaking, the indie directs go over really well. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit worried about this indie direct, um, just kind of getting like the like the Pokemon treatment where all the fans downvoted that that Pokemon MOBA game or whatever, mm-hmm. just because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what they wanted. Right. Um, but, you know, from what I saw, I think that expectations were checked and that nobody really, you know, nobody really made a fuss that I saw. Yeah. Of course, everybody wants a general Nintendo Direct. But, um, you know, that the rumor is still out there that it's still coming. Um, well, didn't the date mine, pass, though? Wasn't it supposed to be like... So there know. was a... Yeah, there was a date for the 20th, which oh, I okay. guess is this Indie Direct. But there there was another rumor for a date after that, which is now... Um, a friend of mine has said it's the 28th. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? It's Take it with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, hey, this one, uh, this one came true. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed that we do get that Nintendo Direct sometime soon. Because, I mean, we got to, you know, we got to get something, something soon, right? Yeah. So... Uh, and of course, a new 2D Metroid has been, uh, you know, at the front of the rumor mill for that Nintendo Direct. So, finger, both sets of fingers crossed, uh, big time for that. But let's move on from the Nintendo Direct and get into what we are here to talk about today. Uh, we don't have any Metroid news, so we're going to be doing something fun that uh, we like to do to pass the time. That's ranking stuff, and today we are going to be ranking every single beam. In the Metroid series, uh, there are way more beams in the Metroid series than I thought there was. When you gave me this list today, I was just like, holy smokes. Yeah, you. well, I included some that I know you didn't really remember, and then we even played around with the idea of like putting some together, or, you know, because some kind of overlap a little bit. And then, as I was actually thinking about it more, not only do are we not including, like, the, the beam combos, but then, like, some of the glitch beams from Super Metroid, like, there actually is a, quite a number of, of beam-specific, you know, pure beam weaponry in the game and as you know i also wanted to talk about worst enemies in the series but i'm glad we're jumping into uh our favorite or you know ranking all the beams in the series first because you know the beams are cool in metro that's uh, another another reason why i like the 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 games is the, the cool weapons you get the, and the beams are the main central you know fundamental point of that i think so yeah i'm looking forward to jump into this there are a lot of beams that are fun to revisit so uh yeah let's get to it yeah, I had some. I had an enemy pop to my mind immediately when you said worst enemy. And anybody that listens to our uh, Fendrana Drifts episode and Mapping Metroid will know that enemy. But that is uh, for another day. Today, let's dive into the beams. So again, just to reiterate, we're talking strictly about the beams. Uh, no missiles. We'll we'll kind of throw in the Metroid Prime um, beam combos in there a little bit. That that'll kind of influence our our rankings here. But we're going to be just talking about the beams. So the way that we did this is um, we had we had four tiers that we uh, that we lumped all of these beams into. There's a low tier, which, uh, you know, not good. There is a mid tier, which is, eh, okay. There's a high tier, which is, oh, heck yeah. And then there's the S tier, which is just, that was a chef's kiss. So the way that we're going to be doing it is we're going to be going down beam by beam, We'll, we'll give a little bit of discussion and talk about where we put those beams in our different categories. And uh, we'll, we'll just have some fun and talk some weaponry while we while we do this. So, um, Dak, are you are you ready to rock and roll? I'm ready to spray and pray, my friend. Spray and pray, baby. All right, let's start off with the standard, the, uh, the always dependable, the always reliable power beam. And we've actually, we've lumped in the long beam with this as well because the long beam really is just an augmentation for the power beam so it's kind of 
it's kind of one big thing here. Um, Dak, where did you put the power beam on your list? So I actually just changed it because I was thinking about it a little more. I had to put it mid-tier, right? I think this is a nice middle-of-the-pack weapon. It's your standard beam weapon. It doesn't have much going on, but it has a nice fire rate. It gets the job done. So I can't really rank it low-tier because, you know, like, it isn't that cool, but it's something you need to depend on, and it's, you know, the the, the building block for all the other kind of weapons you're going to get in all the other games. So I think it's, it's your nice, like, it's the Mario of the game, right? It's nice right in the middle, your general uh, kind of... Jack of all trades, master of none kind of weapon. You'll need it for a bunch of stuff, but eventually it gets outclassed by the other upgrades you get. But it's still that fundamental beam that you find yourself going back to sometimes, depending on the game you're playing. Uh, so I, I, pu I put it at mid-tier. Yep, I agree with you. It's uh, it's the pepperoni pizza of Metroid beams. Whoa. You know, it's it's always dependable. It's always reliable. You know what you're going to get. It's uh, it's just it's solid, right? Um you know, like you said, it always gets kind of, uh, eventually it will get overlooked and then retired by most of the other schnazzier beams. But, um, you know, I, I think that especially in the Metroid Prime games, it comes in handy in a pinch. Uh, the rate of fire, like you said, uh, again, particularly in Metroid Prime, is, um, is really cool. There are some times where I just, like, pull out my power beam and just blast away just because it, it fires so quickly and it, it's... You know, it's easier to open doors with that. Um, I actually, I think that Metroid Prime 1, specifically, does a really good job of, like, you know, making you come back to the power beam over and over again. Um, so, it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like a lesser beam in that game so much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is... Yeah, that was a perfect analogy. It's it's the Mario of mm -hmm. Metroid beams. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the average. Like, everything's kind of based off this. So I think mid-tier is probably pretty appropriate for it. Yeah, I agree with that. That being said, though, I cannot agree with your pepperoni pizza analogy. Pepperoni pizza, if this was on the tier list, would be top five for me. That's not that's not middle. That's not mid-tier. I cannot believe you disrespected pepperoni pizza. Hold, hold like on, hold that. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so you get a pepperoni pizza, right? And that's like that's like your base pizza. No, okay? your base pizza so, is plain pizza. Well, well, hold on though, hold on, hold on. So let's say, I guess maybe you could make the argument that cheese pizza is your base pizza. Yes. But, like, nobody likes cheese pizza, uh, except for the dude no, in Home Alone. I, no way. Sometimes you just want a nice but, plain but hold slice. On. So like, okay. All right. But so, like, if you got pepperoni pizza and then you're just like, you know what? I feel like upgrading to meat lovers. That's kind of like switching over to the plasma beam. Or, like, if you're like, I want deluxe, you, you switch over to the wave beam. You know what I mean? I feel like pepperoni pizza is your, your standard. I mean, I guess because I don't, I don't like meat lovers or deluxe, I, you know, because that's too much stuff on a pizza. Now you're just like, oh, you want some pizza with that, those ingredients? Like, you know, you know what it is though, because you've got that flimsy, jimsy New York pizza. Well, dude, okay, don't even talk to me about <laughs> quality or structure of New York pizza. Okay, it's 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 formulated specifically to deliver top tier flavor directly to your orifice. All right, so let's not pepperoni pizza is okay. Maybe it's maybe pepperoni pizza in Calgary, right? Where I don't know what kind of meat you guys grow up there, or what, even what kind of pizza you have over in, in that country. But in in America, Canadian beef, baby. In America, a pepperoni pizza is top tier. Oh God. But uh, okay, did we even get to the next beam yet? Or are we still on <laughs> we still on No, we're we're arguing about pizza. Okay, the pizza beam would be <laughs> top tier. <laughs> pizza beam would be pretty awesome. That would be uh, that'd be probably S tier for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, New York pizza, too flimsy. Chicago pizza is where Oh, my it's at. God. Okay, next beam, next beam. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. 
Um, okay, so we we included the charge beam, and I'm still unsure if uh, you know what, Dak, you go ahead because I like to me the charge beam almost falls into the category of like the long beam where it's just an augmentation for other beams. But I know that you said in hunters specifically, um, it has some some uses. I I'm a little, I'm gonna throw this out there too. When we were making this list, it's been like so long since I played Metroid Prime Hunters. Um, I picked it up about a month ago, but I didn't make it very far. So I'm pretty foggy on most of the beams in that game. So when we get to it, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let Dak do most of the talking. But um, that being said, Dak, take us away on your thoughts about the charge beam. Well, this one was hard. I feel like it's like, yeah, is it its own beam or not? Because it almost feels like an augmentation because a lot of beams have them, but some beams like in Hunters don't. And even in a couple of the uh, prime games or whatever, and but at the same time, some beams act differently if you charge them rather than just being a charged version, like in hunters. So I don't know if you can even really rank. Th- I, I I actually now that I looked at my list, I don't have it on here. So <laughs> um, I don't know if I could really rank it anywhere. I guess it's like it's it's uh, an inherent part of like a majority of these beams. I feel like it's more of an augmentation. I don't have a ranking for it actually. I'm gonna have to be. I'm gonna be honest with you. All right, so I, I didn't really have a ranking for it either, but if I was going to rank it just, like, on its own, I think I would have said low, just because, like, you know, it, it alone, it's just like, okay, well, this is just, like, a power beam, or it's just the, the spacer beam or whatever. Um, so, yeah, let's let's move on. And speaking of, let's talk about the, uh, the spacer beam, which we combined with the wide beam from Metroid Fusion, because, I mean, they're, they're kind of, like, the same thing. Um... I like this beam a lot, actually. I had it in my high tier. Um, you know, for me, it's just like, okay, this is awesome. This is the first uh, really upgrade that you get in Super Metroid. Um, you go and when you play Super Metroid, your your power beam is just like extremely limiting, right? Like you shoot it and it just goes directly in front of you. You have to be very precise if you're going to hit something. You have to be aiming right at him. Um, Spacer beam allows you a little bit more flexibility, it widens your shot, um, and you know what? I, I always thought that it looked pretty cool, so I I had this one um, I had this one high up there in the in the high tier. What about you, Deck? Uh, this is another mid tier one for me. Like it's it doesn't really invoke joy or passion from me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it looks cool, kinda. Um, it's you know it's power beam with training wheels. That's all right. You know it is what it is. It, it is more effective and you know lets you be a little you know less accurate, which is cool. It lets you move around a little more without having to worry about landing precise headshots or something. Um, yeah, I, I put it mid tier. It's 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 again a beam that does what it does. It's it kind of uh, gets overshadowed even a little bit by other upgrades, but you no, know, not so much as the power beam. It's a fundamental kind of beam ish upgrade, um, but it's not like an iconic one either. But it's not horrible, so right in the middle for me. I would love to see something like that in Metroid Prime, where like you can just shoot your beam and it splits into three. I think that that would be really cool. Like they they kind of have that with the wave beam where it splits up, but it still goes in like one straight line more or less. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be like really cool in uh, that, in a Prime yeah, game. Yeah, I would like to see that too. All right, well let's move on. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about the wave beam. Hmm. I had this one. I had this one in S tier. I had it ranked number three, um, and for two different reasons. First of all, I feel like in 2D Metroid games, the the wave beam is like incredibly, incredibly useful, um, especially in Super Metroid when you can kind of 
uh, you, you don't even have to sequence break. You can get it earlier than the game intends you if you know how to wall jump. So when you're in Norfair, you could go over, you can you can jump the spikes, you can wall jump up, and you can grab the wave beam. That allows you to do Crocomire like way before you're ever supposed to. It allows you to get uh, an energy tank way before you're ever supposed to. It's, a, it's really effective in letting you kind of play Super Metroid in a different way. And, you know, in, in other 2D games, it's also quite... You know, it's, it's a quite effective beam as well. Metroid Fusion, that's one of the last uh, power-ups that you end up getting in that game. So it kind of feels like one of the big, like, one of the big weaponry items in that game. And then, of course, in Metroid Prime, I think that the wave beam, first of all, looks really awesome. Um, I love that it is, like, kind of has this electrical current to it. Um, the, the uses for it in the game are numerous you can you can you know charge up stuff you can uh defeat certain types of enemies that you can't defeat otherwise without that beam um and i think that the wave buster is like such a cool albeit not very practical but such a cool weapon so i had this one ranked pretty high i, I think that this is one of the few weapons that like really really excels both in 2d and in 3d metroid yeah, I think you summed it up really well there. It's in my top five as well. It's not only it, it's a a beam that transcends like 2D and 3D Metroid. It looks really awesome in the Prime games, and as you said, it has a lot of different functionality to it. And of course, in the 2D games, I think it's a pretty iconic beam as well. Um, yeah, I love the Wave Beam. It's a beam that you can find in so many different Metroid games. It's always effective. It does some things other beams can't do. And looks really distinctive. Sound in Prime, I love how it sounds like a burst of electricity too, and and like yes. how it looks. It's your trajectory, like it is a you know it goes in a single path, but it's like you know like a wave of energy just going in and out, in and out, and it looks so awesome. And it's also the first, other than the charge beam, like the first other beam you get in Prime. So when you have your power beam and your charge beam, like those are pretty default beams right they are the default beams and they look pretty you know it's a standard shot of yellow energy right like you've seen that before whatever then you get the wave beam and you're you're charging up doors and you're shooting this purple electricity it's awesome so uh yeah i love i love the wave beam i put it like right at like fifth for me like in your top five and or in my top five but it is in in like in yours top five for me i love the wave beam so yeah i you you summed it up perfectly all right, let's let's move on to one that I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to uh, agree on or not. Um, the Ice Beam, which is a staple of the Metroid series. Dak, I flirted with putting this as low tier. Actually, really? But I, I didn't. I ended up putting it at mid tier. And, you know, so like, like the positives of the Ice Beam is, you know, it's the... It's the weapon to fight Metroids with, right? Like, you you basically can't defeat them without uh, using the Ice Beam. But I feel like the Ice Beam is so slow in both yeah. 2D and 3D Metroid. In 2D Metroid, specifically, uh, I'll just talk about Super Metroid here for a second, um, or even Metroid Zero Mission. Like, when you, as you progress throughout the game and you get more powerful beams and stuff like that, I mean, you just want to be shooting stuff and have them blast away and, and just disintegrate, right? The ice beam slows you down, and it, it, by default, you have to shoot them, freeze them, and then shoot them one more time to get rid of them. So it slows the progression down. Now, the flip side of that is that you can freeze enemies and use them as platforms, which is great, but I, I just feel like I wish that there was a way to use the ice beam and just have it rip through enemies in one shot, especially like lower tier enemies, like the little fireflies that you see in super Metroid. Mm -hmm. 
And then in Metroid Prime, like, the thing is so slow. Like, it fires just, like, so slow that it's it's hard to use as, you know, a weapon when you're in a pinch. Like, it's really a, a weapon that you have to use and aim precisely because it, it just fires, like, so slow. Um, the Ice Spreader, I feel, is kind of a lame addition to that as well. Um, I, I mean, you know, like, on one hand, I feel like I want to pay respects to the Ice Beam for its history in Metroid. Um, it's been in almost every single game. But I just, like... It's 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 so slow. Uh, I don't know. What about you, Dak? I'm gonna hit the. Uh, I'm gonna press X to disagree here. So, I I have it in, on high tier for me. I think the ice beam is you know not only is an iconic beam and is directly tied to Metroids themselves, but it, I love that it you know it allows you to you know change up the kind of world in in your surroundings in terms of being able to free stuff and use it as platforms, and at the same time. I don't mind that it has a you know a lower fire rate. I feel like if every gun had like an effective fire rate in like a pinch situation, it would kind of it wouldn't be as fun and it wouldn't take maybe like a little more strategy because you can't just like pick any weapon and just you know blaze through enemies with it. You got to use certain ones and switch around. I do think that's a drawback with the ice beam is that it's mostly like used for its utility rather than its actual like uh, being a fireable beam weapon. Like, it's mostly used to, like, free stuff and, and to create platforms or whatever it is rather than actually being able to engage in combat for the most time. But at the at the same time, on the other hand, it can be used in combat. You do use it strategically to free stuff and maybe deal with something else or be able to get away or create space or, you know, freeze it so you can hit it with a missile. So I like how it changes up, like, the gunplay in both 2D and 3D Metroids. And, you know, mixing in a lower firing rate weapon with other higher normal firing rate weapons, I think is fine because it has a lot more utility than, you know, the pl like the plasma beam is a really cool quick or like the normal, you know, uh, power beam, for example, has more utility than that, but less firing or, um, you know, less firing rate like the plasma beam, which is way higher firing rate and can, you know, unfreeze stuff. But arguably there's, you know, more stuff you can freeze and, you know, effectively used while frozen then there are things that you need to unfreeze especially like the prime games where like specifically it's you know only in like fendrana where you even need that stuff for the most part so right. i think like the ice beams huge utility probably the highest for like mo out of or one of the highest if not the highest out of all the beams in metroid and the fact that it shows up in so many games and like you're shooting a big chunk of ice at someone i don't know i think that's pretty cool and not not top five like the wave beam but like slightly under that right in high tier for me an iconic weapon and has a ton of utility even if it isn't the fastest one i think that's okay and helps mix things up so yeah i like this weapon i put it up in high tier okay well uh we'll, we'll agree to disagree and move on let's talk about one that i know that we both agree about and that is the plasma beam i had this ranked at number one the best beam in the series i don't think you were too far behind in your tier this is s tier for me um you know what what can you say about the plasma beam again extremely effective in both 2d and 3d metroid um you, when you get this in in super metroid and uh in metroid fusion and metroid zero mission you really feel like you've upgraded and that enemies that were giving you trouble beforehand are not you know they're, they're not giving you the same kind of grief now because you actually you finally have weaponry that can deal some serious damage um you know specifically super metroid the a, a charged up plasma beam is far more effective than a missile um and, and sometimes even more effective than a super missile just because you don't need the ammunition for it so in in function it stands up and kind of the opposite of the ice beam too 
this is the beam that like you can just plow through absolutely anything in your way when you get to this point in the game. Metroid Prime, I mean, they, they turn this bad boy into a flamethrower. It's you, you can't get better than that. It looks really cool, first of all. I mean, like, it's got, it's got like, lava coming mm-hmm. out of Samus's arm cannons. Like, that just looks super badass. But, um, again, the the strongest weapon in the game, the, you know, the best, I think the best um, add-on in the flamethrower in the game, uh, what, what can you say? It looks really awesome. The only drawback is that you don't get it until, you know, super late into Metroid Prime. But, yeah, this is, I, I think that this is my favorite beam, um, in a combination of functionality and aesthetic. Uh, this is number one for me. So the plasma is in my top five. I have it right now at second. Yeah, the plasma beam is so sick. It, that's your, like, go-to. All right, I can just demolish everything. It's it's so satisfying to shoot. It just does crazy amount of damage. You're shooting literal plasma right out of your arm. And the Prime games, it's so sick to get. It almost feels like a sniper a little bit. Uh, not not like an imperialist, but it you know it's it it feels like you know with that just how your beam kind of elongates in Metro Prime and you get that really long shot with the it, oh it's so sick, and then of course in the 2D games like that's again like just goes through multiple enemies at a time so you can really shred like literally you know through waves of enemies I love it I think again yeah you summed it right up it's in my top five as well and as we're doing this I'm kind of like looking at my like beams again I'm like ooh and my list they're like oh man I might have to move stuff around a little bit but. I didn't have to move Plasma, because Plasma is right there in second for me. I love this beam. Uh, easy top five. Yeah, I love how, like, the your arm cannon gets, like, really long when you yeah. have the Plasma beam. That's actually an underrated thing about Metroid Prime is, like, how your arm cannon, like, changes. Like, when you get the ice beam, it just, it, your arm cannon's really fat, and it expands out. Uh, the Plasma, you get really long, then the wave beam is just kind of, like, I guess less fat. So the wave the beam, beam is like it gets like wide but like flattened a little bit, and the ice so it gets long yeah. horizontally, and then the ice beam gets long vertically, like it gets longer on the upside. I, I guess yeah, I guess maybe and tall the, yeah, rather exactly. than fat. And then the plasma is the one that goes outward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that the plasma, just in particular, just looks so cool mm-hmm. in Metroid Prime. Um, let's move on and let's talk about one of my favorites in the series, and that is the hyper beam. That you get after, um, you know, the baby Metroid gives you power after sucking all the uh, the hyperness away from Mother Brain. I love this, man. It's not like, it's not necessarily the most useful beam, and it's pretty much only a storyline beam. But just the story of the baby Metroid kind of using the last of his power, um, you know, zapping away Mother Brain's uh, death laser attack or death brain laser attack or whatever it's called before she's about to hit you again and just charging Samus up with, like, the power of the enemy. I just, I really love that that story, and uh, that that propels it to an S tier to me. This is, like, second on my list, actually. Um, again, it's, it's not because it's powerful, and it's not because it's extremely useful. You only have it for about five minutes for the duration of Super Metroid. But um, just kind of the, the emotion behind getting that beam and what that beam is, to me, is, is a really nice payoff. Yeah, I was. This one was a hard one to rank for me because, as much as it is a cool weapon, it's it's very much a, like a plot device weapon. It only shows up in one area. You're kind of like forced to use it, and then you use it, and then it's over. Um, it's a cool beam. It looks sick too, right? And obviously, it like does mad damage. I put it mid tier though because it's it is relegated to that 
you only use it in this one particular spot and it's just kind of a, a plot like scenario item rather than something you genuinely get um, and then are able to use as a weapon. So in that regard, it almost it felt not really much like a beam weapon and more of just like it's an attack you're using. Um, yeah, I don't, this one this one doesn't excite me as it does for you, even though I do get obviously like the the story implications of it and, and it is a six scenario and it's really cool, but you're just you know shooting this OP beam at a huge target, so it's not like the most compelling thing gameplay wise for me. And you can't use it anywhere other than that, and even if you consider that using it really at all, because you kind of have to. You don't really have a choice. So, yeah, it, it's a mid-tier for me. Yeah, I, I can appreciate what you're saying. I, I think that the story doesn't really move the needle for you, then you're not going to get a lot out of this beam. But uh, it's, it's always been one of my favorites. You know, obviously I have a soft spot for, um, for Super Metroid. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was high for me. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about basically another hyper beam and talk about the phase-on beam from metroid prime uh deck i've kind of been taking the leader for the last little ones why don't you take us away with some of your thoughts so again this is another like uh plot device beam kind of i actually have this one a low tier uh, <laughs> um though i think there's a good argument for metroid or for i'm sorry for i almost said metroid tier for mid tier um because it looks really cool but this is a beam that you can only use in one boss battle and you have to like stand in these stupid pools to use it that's the biggest drawback for me is that it's a cool weapon, but you, you can only use it in one area and you can only get it by standing in a pool of Phazen literally in the boss fight, which is like, so it's tied to that boss fight. Actually, I would say now that I say that because the, I'm, I'm going to change, I'm, I'm making a, an audible right here, okay? I'm putting the Phazen beam in mid tier and I'm moving the hyper beam from that we just talked about to low tier. Because, yeah, oh, I have no. to. Because if my, if logically, if I felt like that was a mid-tier weapon, but now I feel it's kind of low-tier, and you don't even do anything in that, like, scenario, you just, like, shoot it kind of once or whatever, like, a few times in this small little box in one fight. At least the phasing beam in Metroid Prime is more engaging and looks cooler as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to, I'm calling it audible. So I'm moving the hyper beam from Super Metroid down to low-tier, and I'm putting the phasing beam from Metroid Prime down uh, up into mid tier because it looks cool and at least you kind of have to move around and get into hyper mode by going into the pools even though i don't like the pools too much and it sucks that this is only available in the one boss fight but that all being said yes i'm gonna put it in mid tier for phasing beam yeah i i put it in mid tier as well i originally was gonna put it in high tier but then i was like yeah you know you have to stand around on those cheesy pools of mm -hmm. of phase on that are on the on the floor I mean, it looks cool definitely while while you're firing it, um, and it's really it's really satisfying when the the core of Metroid Prime is summoning up all the different kinds of Metroids yep. and like normally those would be a big pain, but you can just like smoke them away with the with the phase on beam. But I I think that um, I didn't have the same kind of storyline attachment to it that I did in Super Metroid, so you know all of all of the negatives which I think are are justified, which you said about Super Metroid, uh, kind of apply to me to Metroid Prime. It looks really cool, but it's it's again it's more of like a it's more of a novelty because you only have it for a couple minutes. Um, I guess you know I guess it is more a little bit more engaging because by the time you get the hyper beam in Super Metroid, like the fight is yeah. over, and you still do have to use the phase on beam in Metroid Prime. But I I kind of lump them together the same regardless of that. 
And this one just doesn't have the same kind of um, emotional core to it That's that uh, that the hyperbeam does for me. So yeah, this is a mid tier for me. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there. That makes sense. I, I you know, your your Super Metroid's your favorite. Metroid Prime's my favorite. So like, I feel like that also is an influence too. Like I I connect more to Metroid Prime. Be, yeah. So like, oh hell yeah, the phasing beam so sick. But I had to put it into mid tier. I gotta I gotta temper my the realities and expectations of that beam. But yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about the dark beam from Metroid Prime 2. I put this in low tier. And I put it in low tier for two reasons. And I'm just going to say them and then the floor is yours. I don't like how slow it fires. And I hate, I hate that Metroid Prime 2 uses ammo. I hate it floor is yours um i have it in high tier so i totally get what you're saying i know you don't like the ammo thing um i don't mind the ammo thing i actually like it so the ammo really has nothing to do with whether or not i like the beam i think it looks cool it's pretty much the game's ice beam because when you charge it you can kind of like petrify free stuff um i like that it's good specifically against you know light aether creatures but you can't really use it against dark creatures because it was like half damage like there's i like how metroid prime 2 does a little that that strategy you got to take into account your ammo what works and what kind of enemy uh depending on where you are so i like that and yeah it's it's kind of the game's ice beam in a way it looks really cool mm-hmm. it, the effects on it like it has this like the sick like surging purple in your arm cannon and it shoots all these like purple like spore looking things like the dark burst is sick i really like this weapon i have a big uh honestly the more i lo- i got to really get back and play metroid prime 2 again i love metroid prime but like metroid prime 2 is has so many cool ideas so i got to get back and and uh, once i finish metroid prime on pc i'm going to play metroid prime 2 right after anyway i love the weapons and all the beam weapons in this game a lot and Dark Beam is right up there for me. I love how it looks, love how it fires. Again, I don't mind having like the lower rate of fire, just kind of something you work with and, and change it th- things up and, and can't really rely on a high rate of fire, which I think makes the game a little more interesting, makes things up a little bit, uh, makes the gunplay a little, more, uh, a little more diverse. So yeah, this is another uh, high tier weapon for me. Fair enough. I, um, you know, I was tempted to put the Light Beam in mid-tier because i think that it looks a lot cooler than the dark beam but i i stuck that one in low tier as well and and much for the same reasons um it's you know i just i hate the ammo i i don't like it at all and i feel like to me this is just kind of a more restrictive version of the plasma beam um i do think that this one does look cooler than the dark beam it has um you know it has more color to it more light which i think is like desperately needed especially when you're in the dark world and it's it's effective against a lot of the ing finally um but yeah this is one that's still you know something about it it's just it doesn't work for me i actually i i think i would probably say that the beams are probably my least favorite part of metroid prime 2 Hmm. and um unfortunately i'm lumping this one into the same category as the dark beam yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like for me, I love the beam weapons in this game, so it's interesting you feel that way. Uh, I love the light beam. It's like a mixture of the wave and the plasma beam because you kind of have that like plasma feel to it. it. Shoots through multiple things during a single shot, but like when you charge it, it has like this scatter like a uh, burst kind of shot. That's more of like a wave beam. Uh, the sunburst is a really cool charge combo. Uh, it has like the wave beam effect where it kind of like widens out your gun and it has this cool glowing like holy looking light through your gun, your arm cannon. Um, it also can recharge and kind of brighten up the light beacon. So I like that utility too. I, I love this gun. I think it's so cool. 
It looks really awesome. It's like blinding in a way, and in, in a way I mean literally, <laughs> uh, very much so. Uh, really looks cool, and yeah, I, I like that it kind of meshes the the wave and and plasma and you know wave and plasma beams together. Even though I wish there was kind of well, I guess there is you know you know the, the last beam, but yeah, I like that they kind of did that little bit with putting this beam together by mixing up those two from the previous game. But yeah, love this beam. Looks really cool. I have uh, this one also at high tier. There you go. We have one beam left from Metroid Prime mm -hmm. 2, and that, of course, is the Annihilator yeah. beam. Um, I I put this one in mid-tier, although, yeah, I think I think mid-tier. I was, I was going to maybe say maybe it could be high tier, but, you know, to get the negatives out of the way, I, I hate that it uses ammo, and I hate that this one uses double the ammo. Um, not a fan at all, but I will say that this beam looks super, super cool. The, the orbs that you fire are like these little black holes. They look totally awesome. Um, I think that when you charge up the beam and you just hold the charge and you can see like the, the black holes swirling around looks like really, really awesome. Um, you know, I, uh, I think that the, the sonic boom is cool. It looks cool. I don't know. For me, it wasn't always necessarily super effective, and I don't like how much like ammo it takes up. But um, I, I think aesthetically, this beam looks spectacular. It's just that, like, again, I I hate using beams in Metroid Prime because or Metroid Prime Two because I'm just like I I just don't like having ammo. So that that's a hard thing for me to get around. But I think that this is definitely the coolest looking of the bunch. This one is actually my. If I this is like right now I have it in my top five at four. I could make an argument for three, but it's a hundred percent in my top five. This has always been one of my favorite beam weapons ever since I was a kid. It looks awesome. It has elongates your gun like the plasma beam did in Prime. It has that like antimatter, like gray matter thing going on with the black holes. It looks so. It looks so awesome. It has the I think the best beam effects of any beam in Metroid Metroid series. Like. Maybe maybe the phase and beams rival it, but like it looks so sick. Like you're literally shooting like sound and like black holes and all this like you know antimatter stuff. It looks so awesome. I love how it also has like the utility of being able to like really turn the light beacons and light crystals into like super beacons and crystals to create them. You know I think that like makes them even stronger and the range gets higher. I believe um, you know that's looks really sick. It's really good against the Emperoring. The charge combos and the and all of that are in like the fully charged version looks sick and the main shots that you fire right like not only does it have a super high firing rate which is really fun but they also have like a homing effect too so you have a little bit of auto aim going on which is helpful against you know a bunch of enemies or if you're just trying to like demolish everything. I really love this beam. Easy top five. And to wrap it all off, it it's the Annihilator beam. Like, come on. Like, that is such a cool name. That is a pretty Coolest cool name. Coolest name, I think, for a beam. Annihilator beam. It's just so sick. I, I would love to see it again somehow, even though I know we won't. Um, but, yeah. Really awesome beam. Easy top five for me. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on, and let's talk about the uh, affinity weapons for Metroid Prime Hunters. Um, like I said earlier, I man, it's been a long time since I played enough of Metroid Prime Hunters to to weigh in with um, you know with the factual basis. So Dak, I'm I'm really gonna just kind of turn the floor over to you, and you can go buy them, and I'll kind of pipe in and, and give some thoughts. And and from what I remember from playing, like God, way back when, 
But uh, I'll turn the floor over to you, and, and I'll just kind of follow your lead here. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I'll just go kind of through them randomly. Uh, so the first one that I was going to go through is the Volt Driver. That's Cannon's affinity weapon. That's his weapon of choice. It's the large it kind of power. It pretty much looks like the power beam, but it has a charge blast that homes in on the target, and it creates like a, a static effect on the visor, which, you know, takes away your your vision if you get hit by it so i don't know if that really rings a bell for you if you remember that weapon it is it has a a, a pretty high firing rate i think actually the second highest next to the power beam so it does have that you know power beamness and uh it does have a pretty solid like speed when the charge shot is fired but this i i put this at uh i put it at mid-tier because it, it's not it's it's not crazy good. It's pretty good. It reminds me of like a lot of like the power beam. It's not one that really uh, you know sticks out too much in the memory, but it's a pretty cool weapon right. from a pretty cool hunter. I love Carv uh, um, Candon uh, in the games. I think he's really cool. Yeah. The enemy. Just just looking at it now, I I do remember it, and uh, I'll probably I'm gonna look at these beams as you're talking, and, and some memories are coming back. I. I remember I was just thinking like, oh, this is just like the power beam. Yeah, it, pretty much. It's you know it has like a power beam single fire rate, and then it has a big charge uh, that moves slowly. You know, it's, it's a lot slower than a char regular charge beam, but it has that homing effect. But I think that from what I remember from playing the game, that was kind of the problem is it didn't shoot. It was shot fast, but not as fast as the power beam, and it locked on. But because it was so slow, you're able to break like the line of sight on it and like make sure it didn't hit you. I would say pretty most of the time. Um, I wonder if any of those Metroid Prime Hunters guys that still play, like, are ever listen to the show and, like, like oh, they're waiting for us to talk about which weapon's actually good or not, because I'm sure they would know better than anyone else. But from what I remember, this weapon was never, like, super effective, and I never really used it too much. But it, it is not, like, a completely useless weapon, so I put it in mid-tier. Um, alright, so the next one from Hunters, the Battle Hammer. That's Weevil's weapon. So this is a kind of a lob-style mortar-type weapon. Um, it's also the same weapon that the the half-turret, which is, you know, Weevil's alternate form in Hunters, uses, which is pretty cool. So this is a, ma this is a weapon that I actually put in high tier because this is, like, a weapon that stuck out to me in Hunters a lot. It was the the good lob weapon in the game, other than, other than a, you know, Spire's weapon, which I'll get to in a bit. Uh, it exploded on impact. It was. It didn't have a charge function, which is okay. I thought that you know it had a pretty solid firing rate and had pretty solid uh, splash damage when Weevil would use it. So even though it, it had a little bit of a reduced fire rate, I thought this was a cool weapon. It has a cool name, Battle Hammer, and it's used by a cool character. It has. A, it's a lob, you know, weapon that's not actually too bad. The lobs, not like the arc, the trajectory is pretty, you know, manageable and has really solid splash damage for a, a weapon that's not only a higher fire rate but is also automatic you know having that automatic automatic high firing weapon is really cool especially in an arena shooter like metroid prime hunters so yeah this is a high high tier weapon for me i don't know do you, do you remember much about this weapon uh not really to be honest i'll follow your lead and, and trust what you're saying <laughs> all right uh so the next one the one i was alluding to previously the magmal which is Spire's weapon. This is another lob-style weapon, you know, that's a mortar-ish type beam and has, you know, splashed radius, but the weapon, the, the part about this beam that I always hated, and I think that's it's why, like, the worst 
weapon in the game, I think, is because unlike Weevil's mortar-style beam, which explodes on impact, whether it's, you know, hit a wall or hits an enemy, right? So it'll deal that damage and automatically deal splash damage. This weapon, even though it has a little bit more damage, a little more, you know, splash radius, not only can he hurt himself with it, because if he shoots too close, it'll go off and he'll get hurt, but it also takes time, I believe, like two or three seconds for the shot to actually explode. I think it is three seconds. So it'll it'll bounce off stuff, which is cool. You know, you can you can do like a, a noob tube kind of, uh, you know, ricochet off of a wall. But for the most part, it's a weapon that like, it, I feel like you hurt yourself more than anything with it. It takes, you know, it doesn't go off immediately. So I put this at low tier. This is one of my least favorite and my least favorite uh, beams in the Hunters uh, game and overall in the Metroid series. And isn't super effective, except I guess if you're playing on like a really small map like Combat Hall. Um, and even then, you can still kind of get away from it. And really is almost ineffective against anyone on high ground. So, yeah, not my favorite. I put it low tier. Yeah, I, I kind of remember this. I, I think back in the day, I, I whipped it out when I got it and used it once. And I was like, what is this? And I don't know if I ever used it again, except for places where you, like, you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So, yeah, it. Not not too much to say about that one. It's one of the only. It is one of the only lob style uh, weapons in Metro, and of course, those mortar type weapons are only in Hunters. So the next one I was gonna go over is the shot coil, which is Silex's weapon. It's a short ranged kind of electrical burst shot. Uh, if you played Overwatch, it's kind of like Winston's, <laughs> like you know, electric cannon, but without like the the automatic tracking. And I believe, if I remember correctly, the more damage, you do more damage the longer you fire it. So, I'm not sure if that's, uh, you know, based on whether or not you're dealing damage. So, like, if you're just shooting it, like, at nothing, and then you continue to hold it down and then actually fire on something, it'll still do damage. Or, like, if you have to be doing active damage and stuff. I think it's the former. Anyway, uh, pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't have a charged attack, but, you know, instead has that sustained uh, ability. But I I've never been a, a big fan of, like, you know, I didn't come from, like, Quake you know, which are games that, like, have a lot of tracking uh, weapons and stuff like that. These kind of, like, electric-type weapons. And I never really liked playing Winston in Overwatch. Um, or even, like, Zarya. Who are, that's, I would say Zarya's weapon's a lot closer. I'm not a really big fan of those weapons. I love, you know, one-shot or, you know, burst weapons or stuff like that. Snipers. Um, so, like, these kind of tracking weapons. Not my, my favorite. I'd put it in mid-tier because, that being said, it's still a pretty effective weapon. And it is, you know, has that sustained attack you know, ability or utility, which I don't believe any other weapon in Metroid has, you know, being stronger, the more it's used, if I remember. So, yeah, I, I think this is a solid mid-tier weapon for me. I agree. I, I'm not really a big fan of, like, the, the kinds of weapons where you just, like, hold down. And, like, there's a weapon like this in Axiom Verge, actually, where, like, you just hold down and your, and your electrical mm -hmm. beam kind of finds its targets. Um, they're typically weaker, and they... They work really well if, like, you're going by really weak enemies. But, I mean, Metroid Prime Hunters isn't necessarily the game that presents you with a, a lot of that kind of stuff, especially if you're playing multiplayer. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I would say... I, I like the story behind it. Like, a, I'm just checking up on it now. Like, Silex stole the prototype weapon. I think that that's pretty cool. But, yeah, um, this would be... This is... I'm, I'm going to weigh in on this one, actually, because I do remember this one. This is a mid-tier one for me. Um, the the idea is, is cool, and, like, it's good to have that like a different kind of beam in the series, but just practically, eh. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a weapon that I'd like to, you know, we'll see if it shows up in Prime 4, if we see uh, 
Silex show up as well. So that'd be pretty cool. I think I like to see it return. Maybe if yeah. they change it up a little bit or keep it how it is, it's still a little uh, of a dynamically different weapon. Well, let's move on. Uh, the next one is the Judicator, which by the name I'm sure you know is what a wicked yeah name. another great name. This one is actually one that I tempted putting into my top five. It's like it would be like six for me. I think like this is is up there. I think. I might even put it up there. I don't know. It's it's a really good, really cool weapon. So this is uh, another thing I love about hunters is how you know, the weapons function pretty differently depending on whether or not you can charge them if you can. And this is one of those weapons. So the Judicator is Noxus's super cooled plasma weapon. So it's like absolute zero plasma, and it's a weapon that can ricochet off surfaces, which is really cool. It's standard shot. It fires like a three shot burst. Um, Nox can freeze people with it, and it has like a, a buckshot kind of close range charge function. So this weapon, I, I, like I said, I put it in my top five. It, it's so cool. It's you can ricochet with it, which I love being able to do like ricochet shots. It has like that burst function, which I love, and being able to charge and 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 freeze people. Amazing, love this weapon. The only reason I'm not putting it in my top five. And for those of you who've played Metroid, you know, Prime Hunters and multiplayer, especially back in the day, the shadow freezing glitch, which I have fallen victim to so many times in my life that it has made me almost hate this weapon and Noxus, but I can't hold it against those weapons and characters respectively on their own. So I I was saying that I was playing Prime Hunters about a month ago and didn't get very far. I got far enough to get the Judicator, actually, um, and I did get this beam... Uh, I, I, this is another mid-tier one for me, actually. I, I think that, like, the name is really cool, and I think that's my favorite thing about it. It makes me want to use it just because I like the name. But, like, in function itself, um, maybe maybe it's just because I'm not as, uh, you know, attuned to Metroid Prime Hunter's controls. But, um, you know, a- anything that wasn't, uh, anything that wasn't the power beam, I struggled with a little bit to, uh, to kind of find my bearing and find my feet using it. But, um, you know, I, uh, I thought that the charge shot was like, okay. And I didn't really, I didn't really use it a whole lot just because, you know, like I said, like I just found the, uh, the rate of fire in that I needed to be successful in Metroid Prime Hunters was like, I needed a higher rate of fire. So I, I would mostly just go back to the, uh, the power beam. So this one would be an average one for me. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying, I would put it in my top five. It's just the, the shadow freezing glitch. You don't, you don't really know what that is though. The, so the I have no idea. Uh, with this weapon, so if you use it, and so like I was saying earlier, if you have the short range like charge blast, you get like the freeze or whatever. But if you charge it and and shoot it right at the ground, it will freeze people from like max range with the, like an invisible line of freezing energy. Like, and this was something that was abused a ton in multiplayer because you'd have a Noxus who is way out of firing range, but then look down and shoot, and it, you'll get frozen from mad far away. And it, like, completely ruined the game. <laughs> so, um, it was a really, really strong glitch that, like, tons of people would use online. That, and, like, alongside hackers, kind of... That's why I stopped playing it. But that's the only reason I won't put it in my top five, even though it probably should be there, because, like, that would make it essentially the strongest weapon in any Metroid game. But because I've been hit by it so much, I've been hurt so many times so i had to put it i had to put it in high tier because it's a cool weapon i love how different it is and it has really strong utility and it has that glitch which is really strong but because i've hurt been hurt too many times uh and broken i'm gonna put it in the high tier but yeah cool weapon uh let's see All right. what we got next the next one the last one 
from Hunters, which I know you know. Everybody knows this weapon. I, I do know this one, This yes. is the Imperialist, which is Trace's sniper weapon. Their affinity weapon, the, the Imperialist, the long red laser, high damage, high range sniper weapon that can land headshots. It's very iconic. Such a cool weapon. This one is in... I'm just going to get right to it. My number one beam weapon in the Metroid series right here. Give me a sniper. Two quick ones right off the top. Knock your dome off. I love snipers in any any shooting game. And the fact that the one exists in the Metroid series, I love it. I wish this weapon would show up again. You have a sniper that you can zoom in with. You can snipe and take people out from long distance. And if you're playing Trace, it cloaks him and makes him invisible while he's standing because... I mean, that's his affinity, like, ability, as everyone in Hunters has, like, a special ability when they're using their own weapon. Um, the fact that you're a sniper, the only sniper in the game, holding the only sniper weapon in the game, and being able to cloak yourself and use active camo is crazy good. It's such a good weapon. And not only that, when you're zoomed in, uh, you might have no I don't know if you've played with this weapon, but I'm sure people who have uh, would remember this. When you, when you zoom in, I think it's the only weapon you can zoom in with, right? Um, when you're zoomed in, if it, it uh, shows up on a target, the game will automatically zoom in further for you. So you can even land an easier shot. But the difference with other we sniper weapons that you might be able to zoom in with in other games, aside from the fact that it does it automatically, is that it'll do it even if that enemy is behind a wall. So if you're scanning a wall or happen to be going over a wall and it zooms in, it, the game's telling you where someone is before you even see them. The weapon is a sniper that cloaks you and gives you wall hacks. It is... It would be obscenely OP in any other game, and it's certainly extremely strong in this one. I absolutely love this. It's so strong. You can headshot with it. It looks so cool. Um, and it's, I believe, the only hit scan weapon in the game. So that makes it 100% the best weapon. So, yeah, this is number one easily. I would put this at triple S tier. Coolest weapon, sickest weapon, awesomestly sounding weapon, um, highest utility. Yeah, above all, the best weapon in Metroid. You know, I uh, I remembered this weapon, but I couldn't remember the name. So when I saw Imperialist, I was just like, oh, what's this? And I was checking it out, and I was like, I remember this. Uh, yeah, th this is awesome. And, like, I'll preface this with, like, I actually don't really like... I don't like the idea of Metroid leaning... I mean, you guys know me. I don't like the, the idea of Metroid leaning into more first-person shooter-esque kind of tropes with, like snipers and, and like mines and stuff like that however this is a pretty wicked weapon um it, it is like there's something very satisfying about using a sniper but like in the metroid universe even if it is in uh you know metro prime hunters um i i like i like this one a lot too i had it in my uh, top five this is number four for me i do remember like loving to use it back in the day and by god when i pick up hunters I'm, I'm going to finish it, um, and I'll have probably even more to say then. But yeah, this is this is a really cool weapon. This this weapon is so cool. It kind of made me forget my my disdain for like more common first-person shooter-esque tropes that Hunters leaned into, and I was just like, man, this is cool. I would be so down to see this again. That's what I'm saying, man. Like This is, this is the good stuff right here. I want to see this again. I, I, the only weapon that can insta-kill, only one that has wall hacks, it can, it's hit scan, which is essentially means that whenever you fire and you're over the target, it instantly hits it, rather than the projectile having travel time. 
yeah, so, such a cool weapon, and, and I totally get it, right? And it's not like I want, like, Metroid to become, like, you know, Call of Duty or anything, but I do think there are some great things that Metroid, especially the Prime series, obviously, could take from other FPS games. I think Hunters definitely did that, which is incorporating, you know, the, the mortar lob-style weapons, the, the electric current, like, the tracking weapons, your classic, you know, projectiles, and then, like, you know, a hit-scan weapon like a sniper. I think having that diversity made for a lot more fun gameplay. Um, and, and maybe you don't need a sniper to take out, you know, a, a buzzer or whatever, or some generic enemy on a platform in a prime gear or whatever, but hey, it's still, I think it would still be cool. I would still do it. Um, so yeah, this is number one for me and number four for you. So obviously a top tier weapon. And the last one we're covering here That's in Hunters, one. so I'll, uh, I'll let you take over. All right. Well, you did a good job there, Deck. That was, uh, you know, very insightful. I I feel like I'm inspired to like finally pick up this game and, and finish it again, um, because I'm stuck on that and I'm stuck on Metroid Prime Pinball, <laughs> which I don't know which one is more embarrassing to say. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the Nova Beam from Metroid Prime Three. I had this one. Uh, I had this one in my top five, just kind of at the bottom, number five. And, and I'm gonna be super, super superficial here. But I really like it because it's green. Uh, I, just, I just think it looks really cool. Like, the beam looks really awesome. It's a, it's a wicked-looking green beam. Um, it's obviously very effective. It's a very high-powered weapon. Um, I, I don't really love how you use it in conjunction with the X-Ray Visor in Metroid Prime 3. But, um, you know, it's this is basically the plasma beam of Prime 3, uh, or the higher-powered plasma beam of Prime 3. Uh, one of the... You know, one of the strongest weapons in the series. Uh, I think that it, I think that it just looks really cool. Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for those green beams, man. What, what can I say? It's a uh, it's a really cool looking beam, and that alone puts it at uh, at number at number five for me. Nice, yeah. I I don't think we're too far off. I have it in top tier. I couldn't I couldn't put it in top five just because there are other cooler weapons for me. But yeah, it's green. It's like a green plasma <laughs> beam. I don't know. It's cool. It, it feels awesome to shoot. <laughs> Um, it looks cool. It has some pretty good utility. I think it could shoot through phaseite or whatever. So it's kind of like a wave beam, plasma beam mix a little bit. Um, but yeah, nothing more I can really add on that one. That it's a cool beam. It's it has some utility to it, which that's what I always like in my beams. It has to look cool and has to have a little bit more functionality other than just shooting. So, you know, Nova Beam does mark off those check boxes, right? You know towards around yeah mid bottom of like high tier but yeah high tier for me all right um let's talk about the hyper beam from metroid prime Mm. 3 and uh i had this one high tier and this is it metroid prime 3 is really funny with beams because really you you acquire the hyper beam at the beginning and like this is your go-to throughout most of the game um it's, it's not your typical hyper beam that we've seen before in Prime or in Super, whereas like you you actively use this hyper beam throughout the entire game. I think the way that they implement it is really smart, where like you can only use it for X amount of time before you like literally overdose on Phazon and die. Um, so it doesn't feel like it feels OP while you use it, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're kind of breezing through the game because you can only use it for a little bit of time. Uh, I, I think that the design was really smart. I think that the beam itself looks pretty cool. Um, but I, I'm giving it the uh, the high-tier treatment just mostly because I think the, the design and the implementation was really clever how they did this. Yeah. And, and you know what? It also, it also kind of like, you know, Metroid fans for a long time are just like, man, I wish I could play a game 
using the hyper beam and they were just like okay here you go yeah i that's that's why i put it in my top five it's number three for me i love this beam it's exactly that it's like hey what if we just got the like the phasing beam or whatever or like or the hype beam and you could use it wherever you want and i'm like yes all right awesome that's what i'm talking about and it, it is like an op beam it's like you're just crushing whatever you go into like hyper mode and just you're a tank you're a beast you're master chief on the battlefield but it's limited so you can't just do it all the time and that's great it's the balance you need for that kind of weapon it's top five for me it looks so awesome the game looks awesome when you're using it it has a cool strategic limit so you can't just you know use it all the time or use it like super indiscriminately you do really have to pick and choose and I love, like, the lore implication of it. She's, like, using the phasing through the PED suit, using the phasing in her body to, like, fight. And, like, awesome. Corruption did that so well. And um, this is certainly one of the byproducts of its really, you know, solid design and story and implementing phasing in, into the game. So, yeah. Love this beam. Top five for me. Looks so cool. And, you know, of course, the hyper beam. So how can you not love a beam called hyper beam? Well, I guess you can if it only shows up for like two seconds in another game. But in this game, <laughs> yeah, was... in this game, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's the top five for me. I, I actually like. I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, I, I could, I think I could justify swapping the Nova Beam and the Hyper Beam for Metroid Prime mm -hmm. Three because I, I do love when beams have like storyline implications behind them, which which is why I'm such a big fan of the Hyper Beam from uh, Super Metroid. So yeah, I, I think that that's really cool. Um, let's move on to our last beam here. And talk Another about one. the diffusion oh. beam. Yes. <laughs> the diffusion beam from Metroid Other M. Yes, this exists. And you know what? I, I don't think that it's horrible, actually. I think that the idea behind it is pretty cool. It's like basically a charge shot that you fire. And it kind of like um, explodes on impact and then creates a chain reaction of different explosions. It doesn't look super flashy. So I couldn't put it any higher than mid-tier. But I, I think that the idea and the usefulness behind it is is solid uh hmm uh man oh, but before we talk about this one i think also uh i want to say that obviously this is from other m a game i just i just don't like <laughs> and then this this guy this weapon this beam weapon uh, i put it low tier it's okay i guess it's kind of cool when it, i mean it's a charge beam with splash damage i guess um, it, it does. It can't even come up with a cool name on its own, right? It was like it was essentially they took the diffusion missile from Metroid Fusion and they just made it a charge beam upgrade. Uh, just just looking at this weapon in the game it comes from just fills me with vitriol. It's uh, it's it. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's all right. I think I there probably is a case to put it in mid tier because it has some kind of utility. Uh, because I guess you can attack multiple stuff at a time with it uh but it's really just i guess uh, you know charging with you know splash damage which is okay cool yeah uh i this is the low tier for me but i guess there could be an argument for for mid tier i guess it doesn't it doesn't invoke much passion or thrill in me andy and it's just you know it well, i'm gonna be honest i didn't think that it would, so <laughs> well I, i'm glad i think I think for me, it's not like it doesn't have utility until it lands on anything. So otherwise, it's just like a charge beam. You know, other than that, it doesn't have anything that you immediately can tell it's going to do something until it lands. And then it does. If you're fighting a single enemy, I don't even think it really like does too much, <laughs> I guess. It's for a pack yeah. of enemies for sure. And like, 
I, I feel like, again, the idea is really cool and I like the idea, but it just, it also doesn't look very, um, it doesn't look very flashy, <laughs> exactly. which, which is too bad. It's, it's very understated. And I think that if the beam, like if there were like swirling colors around and like a chain reaction of like, uh, man, like purple or greens or something mm-hmm. like that, like the, like something that actually showed like diffusion or something like that, um, rather than. It's basically just a charge shot that kind of uh, has a, a slight ripple effect that you can kind of see. So, um, yeah, the the idea was cool. The execution was a little... It wasn't offensive to me. I, th- I thought that it was fine. It's just... Um, it's it's pretty pedestrian, I think. It, pedestrian is a good way to put it. The pedestrian beam, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? We're, we're running long, but I'm going to throw actually two bonus beams at you and just really quickly tell me where you put them so it's not a beam in the truest sense of the word but you can damage stuff with uh, with the grapple beam where do you put the grapple oh beam? that's a good one actually uh hmm i didn't even think about that grapple beams high tier man I, grapple beam has to I be the high, high tier, tier. Not only, uh, you can yeah. damage people with it but I, the utility bro it's not only just you can damage with yeah. it it's you can you know attach to, to rippers you can swing, you attach you can to platforms pull. and grapple hooks and all that um I, th- I, w- I wish you could grapple and shoot at the same time in Prime. Um, so, yeah. I, but still, it's I, I, in, in the original. I don't know. But either way. I And I also kind of like that it's it has its own, like, thing aside from the arm cannon a little bit. So it's not really an arm cannon beam. But it is cool. It is a beam. Um, I, I like it. it. You put it high tier as well? It, yeah, that's a high tier. Okay. If not for like the uh, the Skytown segments alone in Metroid Prime Three, that's right. a high tier. Where like you you grapple and shoot, like that's awesome. Well, I can I throw one at you and though. Then, the, yeah. So this is not really a beam, but if you remember these from Metroid Prime Two, when you're fighting Dark Samus, I believe the the last time, uh, you're able to use the the Phasen bullets. The kind of those phasion shots that are like really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those are kind of cool. Those are kind of cool. Yeah, those are kind of cool. I, I, I just think that that's like a really spectacular fight in general. So even if they even if they kind of sucked, I'd be like, well, everything else makes up for it. So like they're pretty cool. Very true. Very true. I agree. Um, okay, last one here. The Zero Laser <laughs> from Super Smash Bros. I wasn't sure if you we were gonna ask about that because I saw. It. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to, but I was like, you know what? I think we got to throw this in here. Oh, the zero laser. So, I mean, obviously, I remember this from the original Brawl trailer, right? Where they revealed Meta Knight and Pit and Wario and Zero Suit Samus and and all yes. that. And I was like, whoa, like that was sick. And then, oh, my God, Zero Suit Samus. Well, that was awesome. Zero Mission's a cool game. Um, it's, it's a cool final smash. I think now, because, like, where we are in Ultimate... Um, I like that it's not like a cutscene, like uh, super, which is like almost every ultimate character's super now is like a hit into like a cutscene, which kind of gets boring. I wish they didn't do that. Like Brawl had a cool idea of giving everyone final smashes that were like interactable for the most part, and all, now it's just like cutscene supers, which is like eh, whatever. So I kind of always like that. It's really awesome. I, I wish they would give us that in the games. <laughs> That'd be cool to play with. And uh, maybe it would still put you into zero suit mode. Yeah, this is a cool. This is a cool weapon, iconic weapon too. I don't know where I'd put it though. I don't really no. like it. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I don't like it. As a final smash, I mean, it looks really cool, but like, 
as a final smash, it's like just kind of ho hum, and I think it's because of what you just said. Like, it's so easy for people just to like jump That's around true, it, yeah, or like jump above it. <laughs> so like, and it, and it takes you forever. Like you're just like, and it like you you're just sitting there, and you've got this big beam coming out, and like everybody's already had like forever to get out of the way, and like it's embarrassing. You're just like you're still shooting the rest of your zero laser, and like. Everyone's like, okay, man, when are you going to be finished? Let's get back to this fight. And you're like, well, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. I liked it uh, I liked it more when you had to fire off the uh, the beam to get into, or to play a Zero Suit Samus. That's true, though you didn't have to fire the beam, actually. If you if you well, did the D-pad yeah, thing, okay. you, could, you could skip yeah. that. Uh, yeah, but that's true. I, that's, you know, they, for, for the most part, yeah, though. Yeah. That was, I like that, but you're right. It does, Even though I like that it's more interactable, it's, it is kind of very easy to dodge. It makes you super vulnerable. I will say, though, one thing I do like, another thing I like about it is how it makes the, the arm cannon look. It has, like, the, the ring that, like, expands and floats around it, and, like, there are pieces floating around the arm cannon to, like, I guess adjust for the bigger, like, I don't know, size of the beam. And there's that huge like firing reticle. I it, I think that looks really cool. I would be down for more like beam cannon configurations that kind of have like floating pieces or change it around really more dynamically than that. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, it definitely has those drawbacks. And probably Samus might be better for it if she just had a regular cutscene super. But <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it's still yeah, pretty cool weapon. If it showed up in the Metro games, I think that'd be pretty cool too. Though I think we kind of have a pretty solid equivalence at this point with like the hyper beam and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we're finally here. We're finally at the end of all of the beams in the Metroid series. We ran a little bit long, but uh, I think that we, I think that we had a lot of good uh, discussion here, deck. I agree. You know, I was, I was glad that we included the hunters beams and there are a lot of beams in the, in the franchise and really sum it all up. So, and a lot of cool ones too. I hope we could. I, I really, I really hope that Metroid Prime Four gives us a lot of cool new weapon, uh, cool new weapons, and a lot of new beams. Because, you know, being able to have a mm -hmm. huge arsenal of you know different utility and different uses from beams would be really sick. I really hope they do that and don't uh, don't skimp on the the beam upgrades like a certain game did. Um, so yeah, I really hope we... Metroid Prime Three. <laughs> yes, that's the one I was talking about. Um, yeah, I really hope we get to. See, I, w I would love to see some of these again. If we, if I could use the Imperialist in a, in a console at Metroid Prime game, I'd be in love. And hopefully we had some cool new ones. But yeah, it was fun going through all these. And I think for the most part we were. I think with some exceptions, there were definitely some that we were like lower high. But I think we we had a lot of similar picks too. I think so. Yeah, I think that there is maybe a better chance than we think of some of the Metroid Prime Hunters weapons coming back if. Uh, if Silas does indeed show up in Metroid Prime 4, because like I I'm this is this is probably an episode for another day. Like I'm fairly convinced that if it's not in the base game, there's gonna be DLC where like you play as Silas. So we'll, we'll see. see. I, I hope we hear soon. I would love some news. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, well we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod, and you can check me out at Spateri316 and Dak at the rapture underscore that's going to do it for us uh we want you to head on over to podbean and itunes and spotify wherever you get your podcasts uh like and subscribe to the omega metroid podcast and leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it and the most important thing you can do to recommend us to a metroid fan in your life tell them where they can get their fix uh with that being said guys we'll we will see you next week <laughs>